up, Oasis people? What up? Welcome back. Welcome to the Oasis podcast. We are excited to be here. I was not ready for this. <laughs> Dana's mic was in the next I was slouching. Oh. The mic wasn't in front of me. <laughs> One thing, and we're going to talk a little bit about something God's been teaching us, but honestly, I have been thinking a little bit more about my posture lately. Yeah, I do think about it when I go back and watch. I'm like, wow. I was really yeah, no, no, no. Not because of the, the podcast. Just like just in general. In general, there's been like, I'm a, I'm a sitter for, so like mm-hmm. my shoulders yep. are, <laughs> And Jana sent me this video of her grandpa once where he literally is in the shape of a C now. The man, he's, he's 94. He yeah. bless his heart. But he says, Yeah, but that started when he was 24. Yeah. And he sat like a slouch, I like he's I the do. Best, but... You know, and I, I never... see it all the time. Whenever I watch the podcast, I look at myself and I'm like, dude, yes. fix your posture. I also hate that all the cameras are at my pro. Is this profile? So yeah, we're, yeah. We'll tell you, but we're down fine. a camera. We used to have two cameras. Now we have one camera. Oh, um, I didn't even realize. So that's why typically we switch. One's cuts. stuck to a wall now. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. hopefully in the future we get back to a two-camera system, maybe even three if we're really feeling maybe crazy. Maybe a whole new studio. Maybe one there yeah. so it looks straight at a me. New, a new studio yeah. might be in the making. It, it's really? close. Yeah. It's close, yes. So stay tuned mm. if you're watching, if you're listening. None of that matters to you. <laughs> but It might sound a little bit better. Maybe. maybe. Or, yeah, it might sound different. Who knows? It sound the same. I, this is a pet peeve. We're all over the place already. <laughs> yeah. This is a pet peeve okay. of mine. When I consistently listen to podcasts and it changes the audio... Like mm. when they've recorded mm-hmm. it. So I was listening to this podcast the other day and instead they did a live recording and mm. the live recording sounded significantly different than their oh, in-studio yeah. recording, yep. which it will. It's going to happen. But it frustrated me as mm-hmm. the listener. And I was the like, worst is when it's different volumes. So you're listening mm-hmm. to one podcast and then the next one comes on and it blows you out of the water. And, and I get that. Oh. I just want consistency between. So if I listen to four episodes in a row, yeah, yeah, I want yeah, them all to sound pretty sick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. Yeah. I have that I'm when agreeing I, with you. I have that when we switched podcasts. So if you go from one podcast, oh. then you jump into a different podcast and the other one's like... Oh, so you want different podcasts to sound the same? No, 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 no. Sorry. The same podcast, different episodes. Yes. Okay. All right. That's what I was saying okay, too. Okay. Yep, okay. Yep. I just, I guess same I don't page. have the problem with the volume between different episodes of the same podcast. Everyone's not. I, will, I only have the volume issue yeah. between different, different podcasts. podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. But you but, can't. That's like. But sometimes I even feel fault. like I get that on yeah. music. Well, yeah. That you, you can't. That's not controllable. Yeah. Really. When they're making, You're, well, every, it's because he uses Apple, Apple Music. Oh yeah, Spotify. Spotify does that? kind of equalize pretty yeah. low. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to listen to one on like volume twenty in my car and just like I'm going nuts with it. It's going, yeah. it's like, and then I turn on a different album and I got to turn it up to like level thirty to get the yeah. same. There might be settings in your Apple Music to to balance. All that. right, I'll look into Welcome it. Welcome to the Oasis Podcast, <laughs> where we help you figure out how to normalize your audio levels. <laughs> yep, that's great. Um, we might as well just skip the first question at this point. <laughs> yeah, Let's I mean that was fun. Let's skip. It was kind of random anyway. Okay, but. What, what we want to talk about today is just the three of us as we see here at the table. We always want you to know that as your pastors and leaders, we are on the spiritual journey with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there is nobody who has completed the spiritual journey unless they are mm-hmm. with Jesus at this point. Like yeah. the, We are all on this constant state of growth and learning and transformation as we try to walk and partner with Jesus. And so the, the conversation today will be just what are some things that we're walking through, that we're learning, that we're experiencing the Lord's um, sometimes challenge or transformation in. And hopefully through our story and our testimony, we can be able to encourage some of you if you've wrestled with this before, or if you feel like God is leading you in the same place. Sound good? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Dylan, what's something you feel like God's been teaching you? So I think what, a lot of what God has been teaching me in this season is just first knowing what I come to him with. Um, and of course, the, the first thing I have is myself, mm. um, that I myself in being in spirit, like am formed in a way, um, and that affects the way everything else is seen, like heard, um, like in, engaged with. And so 
throughout this season, I've really just been wrestling of like, okay, who am I? Mm. Um, just understanding like, how do I go about things? Like, what am I looking at things with? Uh, and what have I experienced that has changed some of that? Um, so it's just really breaking down or, or to use the hot word, the, the deconstruction of, um, ju- just myself and what, what I know and what I understand about myself. Cause mm-hmm. you, news flash you have to live with yourself for the rest of your life yeah um and it, and it's really easy to write off like oh I, because i'm myself i know myself well when in reality like you might know a little bit but there's much more deep and intimate levels that like you gotta dig pretty deep for yeah um yeah. that we live in a culture that we're very good at just burying stuff and letting it be and letting it die and rot down there mm-hmm. um and sometimes you have to to step into the uncomfortableness to like dig it back up and deal with it in the right way um, and let that form it and then continue to transform you throughout your life. Um, and so the ways that I've just seen that is... Wait, wait, sorry, yeah. I want to cut you off. Yeah. Just because just I want to flush this idea out more. So you're not really talking identity here. No. It's not like, okay, who am I? Yeah. You're, you're talking more about this, the journey of self-discovery of like, if I know who I am, how do I live that out? Mm-hmm. Or is it like, why do I do the things I do? How do I tick as a person? Like, what's the question you're kind of wrestling with? Because it's not, it's not identity. It's what I'm no. hearing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, you know who you are. Yeah, for sure. You want to know what, it's not, is it what makes you you? Uh, I think it's a little bit of what makes me me and also uh, of why the, why do I do the things that I do? Um, because, I mean, like, we live in, like, auto automatic processes like we do things out of nature out of habit and we just don't ask the questions why like we wake up at 7 a.m we go to class you know we go to work you know we, we do the things without thinking about it and so we can blow through a day without ever having to really like sit down and process okay why am i doing these things like why does this actually matter um and so instead of just blowing through and, and running through the day and just letting it be and letting it happen is you know, my body responds to the the things that come at it. Um, it's sitting down and asking, okay, like, how do I, how do I go about this? Like, am I, what am I doing that is helpful? What am I doing that's harmful? Are the things that are affecting the things that I do? Mm-hmm. So it's like, um, a, f- a few examples of that would be like, okay, what, how is the way that I'm raised, like, play a part into the way that I live? Like, the way that I see, like, conflict, like, that can be influenced by like how my parents raised me um, or like the church that I grew up in. Like, how does that, like the tradition of that, how does that influence how I see God? Like, how does that influence my faith? Um, and even down to just the way that I read scripture, um, there's this beautiful tool called the Wesleyan quadrilateral um, that, that shows that you go about scripture with four, usually four biases that it's, tradition um so what's just been a custom what's always been what's always been you know been the, the way that works um reason so what what just makes sense yeah, logic. um mm-hmm. yeah working through your logic like what internally like two plus two equals four i almost said two plus two equals two but <laughs> <laughs> like what internally makes sense um experience what have you lived out that the experience that you have like plays a, a role in in who you are and in what you do mm-hmm. um and what you know um and so, like, the experience of, you know, a ancient Near East, um, you know, Pharisee reading 
you know, numbers is going to be a totally different perspective than us living in modern America, reading numbers. Like we're going to see it as like, oh yeah, that's just a Levitical law, most boring book of the Bible where it's like (laughs) for them, that was their life was to know and to understand numbers. Um, or, and then the, the final one is, um, oh, what is it? No, it's, it's, it's scripture. Oh yeah. Scripture, scripture is the scripture. Fourth. I was like, yeah. I don't even remember the ones I just said, yeah. um, <laughs> but scripture. And it's of course the way that you view scripture. What does other scripture have to say? The way that you like understand and know. So like, uh, we would say uh, like, you should probably read the, the Bible in a Christological understanding of like looking at the Bible with Christ in mind, mm. new Testament or old Testament, mm. like the beautiful ways in which you read the old Testament, you see like, Oh, like that's a sparkle of Jesus. Like I, I see, like I read I, Isaiah 61. I say like, Oh, that like, that's all about Jesus. Mm. Um, and it's like the way that you, you read scripture in itself informs the way that you read scripture. Yeah. Um, and so really working through the four of those, not only like just in scripture, but in, in my life of, you know, what is my experience? What's, what's the reason I do things? And like, what's the way that it's always been that it's just tradition for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the most important part of how does scripture back that up? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. I, I want to get uh, an example. That's like really nitty gritty for you that yeah. like really dives into it. So you gave like a, cu- a couple broad examples, mm-hmm. like, Hey, my parents formed me. Mm-hmm. And so the things I learned as a kid, when I was living at home still impact the way that I function, yeah. right? You said the way that I've had experienced tradition or logic impacts the way that I view scripture, mm-hmm. right? And then I think there was one in the middle. I don't remember exactly, yeah. but but what is like a, a really tangible example that mm-hmm. you feel like you've seen that play out that you could give to the people? It's like, hey, my parents like encouraged me to do hockey. And so now as an adult, I'm still making decisions based on what adults tell me mm-hmm. or like, yeah. you know, that's, mm-hmm. I'm making that up. Yeah. But like, what's something like that almost? I think the biggest one that I found as I've really been wrestling through this is my perfectionism mm-hmm. that I am the biggest perfectionist. Like I want everything to be spotless, perfect. Like any, th- anytime like one thing goes wrong, like my entire day is ruined. Um, and so as I've just always been like, I was like, oh yeah, I'm always just been a perfectionist. Um, like every detail has to be off. Like I'll notice one pixel, like since I'm a graphic designer and all the creative stuff, I notice one pixel off in one thing and I'm like, this is trash. Like it's <laughs> ruined. Like there's no hope, scrap it, start from scratch. Um, but as I, I've dug into that, cause like, I don't want to be a perfectionist. Like that ruins a whole bunch of stuff for me. Um, but as I, I had to dig it back up and, and really wrestle with it, I saw that, the way that I was like raised, the way that I was influenced, you know, um, through like a school, through a, a lot of it was actually m- mainly around school was I was always a perfect kid. School came really easy for me. Um, and it's like, I never had to study for tests. I always got good grades. And so that was just the expectation for me. So my expectation was, okay, you did like, you did really good. Now, like the expectation of course is perfection. Like get the hundred percent, get the, the A, you know, get the summa cum laude or whatever i don't remember <laughs> but um but like be top of your class and so like the way that that influenced me I mean, that went all throughout elementary middle high school and even partially into college until like i had to let go of that and <laughs> but that, you're getting smacked around by nursing school yeah yeah that was not great um but yeah and like that was the struggle for me even when i was in college too like 
going to SDSU was like, I walked in knowing I never had to study. I always got good grades on tests. And I walked in, I'm like, I'm failing every class. I left SDSU with a 1.7 GPA. Like that is laughable. Happens to the best of us, brother. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, that, it didn't happen to me. But... <laughs> like, I'm sorry. That, that was horrible. But that, like, my preparation before that was like, mm-hmm. my experience in school was I never needed to study. Studying yeah. had no benefit to me. Yeah. So my logic, my reason into that coming into college was like, oh, I still don't need to study because it never helped me in the past. So why would it help me now? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I stuck with that. And now it's, of course, brought into outside of you know, just school, that's an everyday life that, you know, if I don't get to fit into my schedule perfectly, like if, you know, the work I have to do isn't done perfectly, like if something goes wrong, like that's extremely frustrating and it ruins me. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it's like digging that back. I'm like, I don't have to be perfect. And knowing that like, if a hundred percent is not like going to happen, like that's okay. Yeah. And like really letting myself like break down those barriers of saying like, you have to be perfect. Yeah. That's good. Super good. I mean, God's taking you through it all. You went theological on us. He pulled out Wesleyan yeah. quadrilateral. <laughs> he, went, he went family trauma us, on us. He froze in school right now. Perfectionist. He, like, he went and shot. He got all the things. <laughs> we so. can just send it right now. Yeah. Dylan just preached a little message. I mean, seriously, I feel like I could ask a thousand more questions <laughs> off of that, but let's jump to Jaina. What do you feel Ooh, like is I'm something? Second. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to go last. Oh, okay. Mm. I see what you're doing. <laughs> he wants to bring up the rear. <laughs> bring up the rear. No, I'm just giving um, you guys more chance to prepare your questions for mine. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm not asking you any questions. Just oh, gosh. That, that would be awful. <laughs> All right. What I feel like God has been teaching me, and it feels so simple, but I think it's something that he's just had to bring me back to in the last year is just the importance of prayer. Mm. Um one of the things that I think kind of spurred this on is that you on Sunday nights when we would meet pre-service for prayer started saying, this is the most important thing that we do. And yeah. I remember the first time you said it, I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> like in my, in my head, I was like, no, it's not. He's just saying that to sound cool. And I think that, that God has really challenged me on that. That's like, no, that really is like prayer is the work mm-hmm. that we do that, that none of the actions that we can go about um, doing really have impact if they're not brought before God. Yeah. And that's what prayer is, is to have that conversation to him with him to bring our wants, our desires, our needs before him. And so I, where I feel like God has really challenged me on this is I can be really quick to trust on my own skill or my mm-hmm. own ability. And even my own ability to just figure things out. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm pretty good at just figuring things out on the fly and making things work. And so I think in that I, fail to trust God sometimes. Mm. Um, not that I don't, not a trust that says, I don't think God's going to show up, but oh, it's just easier for me to just get it done. Yeah. And so the work becomes, how do I actually pray and ask God for the thing I want instead of just continually working and trying to do things to make it happen. Yeah, that's good. Um, and so like one of the things that I think like a, a practical example is I have just felt my heart really burdened over the last the school year of just where our middle school and high school students are at Mm -hmm. and just wanting them to have such a deep desire for a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And so my first thought was, okay, how do I preach that? How do I teach that? How do I like bring that from the platform that I think God eventually stopped me and said, have you prayed and asked me to do that Mm -hmm. more than just you teaching it? Because they sit and listen to people talk at them all day long. Mm -hmm. They don't need you to just stand there and tell them that they need to care about it. But have you prayed that, I would capture their hearts. And so I think that God was like, that's the work. And so I've had to like realign what my schedule looks like on, 
uh, Wednesday in particular is the day that I've chosen to do this. It's like, do I take time to intentionally pray for that night? What God has brought for me to teach or whoever to teach. Mm-hmm. And do I just pray for our students to have a deep desire for him yeah. above anything else? So. That's so good. And I, I feel like most of life is learning simple truths over yeah. and over and over yeah. again. That's that's good. Right. Every once in a while, you're going to get hit with this profound, like, yeah. man, I've never thought about it before. But in my life, when I reflect each and every day, it's like, okay, I've learned that a thousand times and I just <laughs> learned a different iteration of that. Yeah. And so it, I don't think we, we, we shouldn't discount the simple. Yeah. Right? Like it's the daily simple things that will actually compound and mm-hmm. make us into the people we want to be. Why, why do you think, I, I have my answer, but I'm interested to see as you've wrestled with this, yeah. why do you feel like prayer is the most important work? Like on a Sunday night, on mm-hmm. a Wednesday, right? You've got yeah. a sermon prepped. You got the game set up. You got snack. You're trying mm-hmm. to get people in the doors. You're trying to like cultivate yeah. an environment where they can experience. Mm-hmm. Like there's all of these a- aspects and components. Why is prayer mm-hmm. the heartbeat in that? Yeah, I think because ministry that lacks prayers and ministry that relies on us. Mm. Um, even if I've met with God during the week to write a sermon, even if. Um, like we pray in service, even if what we talk about and how we live points to God. If if I, as a leader in my ministry, am not prayerful and asking God to do the things that I want to see, the things that I that He's put on my heart, yeah. if I'm not trusting Him to do those things more than I'm trusting myself, then I'm not leading well. That's good. Um, and so I think like that that is the work. If you can't ask God for it, mm-hmm. the like I, I want to say, if you can't ask God for, it, He's not going to give it. But I don't know if that's true. But if you, if you in and of yourself can't ask God to, to do the things that He He wants to do, that you want to see, that He's put on your heart, it's going to be a lot harder to see it come to fruition out of your own strength, mm-hmm. or impossible yeah. out of your own strength. And I don't, I don't know if it would be that crazy for you to say, if you don't ask for it, you're not going to get it, because Jesus kind of mm-hmm. said that, like you have not because yeah. you ask not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like ask, knock, seek, and it will be given. But part of that tension is. We we assume it's been in, we assume it's been asked. So we gather yeah. for church, yeah. mm-hmm. or you step into a discipleship relationship, or you open up your Bible and you say, "Well, this is religious, and so God's going to bless it." Mm-hmm. Right? We sit down mm-hmm. and we we open up our journal and we're like, we're trying to meditate and reflect, but we haven't asked God to move in that process, and so we're like, we're doing the religious mm-hmm. activities, yeah. hoping for religious ex- re- results because it would benefit His kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But if we don't ask, maybe He won't bless it. Yeah, right? that's what I was trying I, to get. I at. felt yeah. that tension when I read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, this is this is the Bible, and so God's spirit's mm-hmm. going to move. But if I haven't asked God's spirit to move, I might read it in my own will and take my own agenda away. But it might be nothing what the Father yeah. wanted to teach me. Mm-hmm. I also think we we can sometimes use God's omniscience as an excuse. One hundred percent. Well, God knows. already knows. He knows. Yeah. He's he knows. sovereign. He's in control. Yeah. yeah. He knows my thoughts. I don't even got to pray. He. I just think mm-hmm. it. He knows. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no. Like. Mm-hmm. I, I always like whenever it comes to prayer, I always like to come back to the the father aspect, like understanding it as a father. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. I'm not a father. I can't wait to be one day. But like, because <laughs> is I, an announcement. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Wow, no. that'd be very dramatic. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'd cut it right there. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but. We gotta do some pastoring real kids right now. <laughs> Just kidding. But like, I'm excited to be a father one day because I don't get to fully understand mm. this analogy yet. Yeah. That when uh, I th- uh, or a parent. Yeah. 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 I get what you get what you're saying. Um, like a kid coming to you, like your child coming to you and asking for something that they want, mm. and like wanting to give it to them because you love that child because like you desire to see their best. 
and you don't mm -hmm. like if they're not going to ask you you're not going to give it to them mm -hmm. like if they have like the the desire and confidence to come up to you and say like hey this is something i want like in their mm -hmm. best in their best desire you, you probably want to give it to them yeah mm -hmm. yeah in my biblical theology class last week we spent a decent amount of it talking about intercession and the reality that god in intercession his, meaning praying for people praying for people yep. well, it's deeper yeah, yeah. but yes yeah. at yeah. the but basis sim of it. mediating for people who don't know standing it in the gap yes. for yeah, yeah speaking on behalf of that kind of yes it's good clarification yeah. um god in his omniscience doesn't need us to do anything that, yep. that he wants to do mm -hmm. he doesn't need us he could do it but out of his character of who he is he invites us into the process That's good. and so we don't have the power in in ourselves to to make god do anything but he mm -hmm. in his kindness and who he is invites us to be part of that and so yeah. our intercession is powerful to yep. him he doesn't have the power to do anything in and of itself but he cares enough to hear it and receive it and to allow it to um further what he wants to do if that one if that makes sense no. i hope i'm saying that right i think out of that too i think you can get two things out of that first you get a great peace knowing that god is sovereign you don't have to do anything yep. nothing mm -hmm. is on you yeah like you could step back and do nothing and God's kingdom is still going to come. Yeah. Like the work is still going to be done yeah. in your workplace, in your classroom, yes. with your friends, mm -hmm. with your family, God is going to be active whether you choose yes. to partner with him or not. Yep. Yeah. And then secondly, I think coming out of that is receiving the compassion that even though he is sovereign, he can still do it without, he still wants to involve you. Yeah. Yep. That mm -hmm. like it comes to the, the um, like wanting to help and like the bringing up, it's like, Hey, I'm going to limit myself and like, take back some of the things so I can bring you with like I could totally do this myself mm -hmm. but I want you to be a part of it as well so I know it's not going to get done as fast as well yeah. but you're part of it with me and that's mm -hmm. enough like that's what matters yeah well for sake of time so we gotta yeah. move on I got I got and again I got a <laughs> thousand questions because yeah. prayer is important but Brennan what is God teaching my you? turn Woo! <laughs> oh man, I just finished the book of Revelation this morning and I could probably go off on a huge revelation tangent of what God has done in my soul through that, but I'm not. I'm not going to go there. We'll save that for another podcast. What I do want to talk about is just the process of formation. Um, really, at the beginning of every year, I have done New Year's resolutions. Mm -hmm. I've always been a passionate believer that new year's resolutions can be impactful for people if done correctly and not correctly meaning you have to have the perfect resolution just correctly meaning is you reflected you decided to make changes and you tried your best to live in those changes but you can look at every statistic that says hey new year's resolutions don't work like people give up at x date like honestly some people will even go farther that say they don't they, they don't only not work but they're harmful mm. because when you continuously put these expectations and goals on yourself and year after year after year you, you fail through. you are teaching yourself that you are not an achiever and that you can't achieve and so some people say it's healthier to not give new year's resolutions and instead just focus on the day-to-day -day, um, and then not put that cumbersome loan load on you and and i get that that mm -hmm. makes sense mm -hmm. to me However, for me, I learned this three, four years ago from a Jefferson Bethke podcast slash book, and he talked about formations, and he, he talked about formations more about the process of becoming than about doing. Mm -hmm. So instead of resolutions, it was formation. So resolutions say, I'm going to lose 10 pounds this year, right? A formation will flip that on its head and say, I want to be a healthy person. So you're becoming a healthy person rather than achieving an objective. Mm -hmm. The end result might look the same. If you choose to live a healthy life, you might end up losing 10 pounds and you will have achieved what you desired. But along the way, it wasn't about 
action. It was about becoming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even the day to day might look diff- the same. Mm-hmm. Like if your goal is I want to lose 10 pounds, you're going to say, hey, every day I, I want to work out five days a week. That might be part of your goal. Or it's going to, I'm going to diet and do this diet and, and do a calorie deficiency or whatever that is, a cal- caloric deficit. Like you, you can put those things in place and that might help get you to the goal in formations it might be the same thing you're still Mm -hmm. gonna have to exercise you're still gonna have to diet you're still gonna have to do those things but in the process say one week you only get three three workouts in and one week you don't diet well and one week you have too many cheat meals and like in that in a goal it says well i failed i can't do it Mm -hmm. right you have one two weeks of Mm -hmm. that and in a year that might knock you off balance like if you do that first like february that might throw you off but in a formation even when you only do three of five or even if you fail one day of your diet it was never about achieving an objective. It was about becoming a person. Mm-hmm. So you're still valuing what that did to you. Like you still value working out. You still value eating healthy. You value becoming a healthy person. So at the end of the year, maybe you lose 10 pounds. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. That doesn't matter. Are you a person who wants to be healthy? Are you closer to being healthy? And mm-hmm. that's really where my mind has gone the last three to four years. So this year, um, I have done one a month with my wife. So January, February, March, we've picked one each month for 30 days. We want to focus on this. My first month was wanting to be a person of gratitude. And so how that looked is every single day I tried to check myself in complaining and try not to complain. And if I did, I replaced it with three statements of gratitude. So there was an action, but at the end of the month, I felt like I was more aware and I was better equipped to be a person of gratitude and optimism than pessimism. February, it was, uh, I wanted to be a person who hears the voice of God consistently now, the way I lived that out is for every every single day, I tried to sit in silence for about 20 minutes. So that was the action. But I can tell you there was mm-hmm. a third, a fourth, 25 to 30% of the days where I didn't make that happen. Mm-hmm. Right In the month of February, there was five to seven days where I missed it. But at the end of the month, I felt like I was more attuned to hear God's voice. And so I wasn't focused on the days I didn't miss. I didn't get it. I was focused on the process of becoming. Now, in March, my... Uh, my goal is to be a person who who values every hour of every day. So because of that, I'm doing 6 a.m. wake-ups. Now, I don't like 6 a.m. wake-ups. <laughs> I really, really, really don't like 6 a.m. wake-ups. Mm-hmm. Like, it's terrible, but I don't want to snooze, and I want to use that extra hour that I have in my day to really value the day, to start effectively and to start fresh. And so far, I've only missed one. Now we're only seven days in. But like each and every one of those practices is forming me to be a person who I want to mm-hmm. be. And so January was not no complaining. In March, I'm not still focused on every time I complain, I have to do three statements of gratitude. Like that's not what I'm doing. But I do recognize in myself, I'm more aware of my complaining Mm -hmm. and more apt to choose gratitude. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing silence every single day in the month of March, but I am more aware of what silence can offer me. And so Mm -hmm. I'm practicing it more consistently than I was in prior to February. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So boom, I threw all that at you. We only have a couple of minutes, so... I have a question. Yes, Dylan has shoot. one. Have you ever, in your process of pursuing formations, gotten to the end of a formation process and felt like you'd not become the person that you wanted to be? Oh, totally. Well, talk I, about that. I, th- yeah. I think in everything, there's disappointment. Yeah. Right? And especially for me, I have very high, high standards for myself. Mm-hmm. So on the days that I felt that I missed the silence, you know, yeah. the two, like there was, a, there was a stretch where I missed like three days in a row and I was so frustrated with myself. Mm-hmm. Cause I had these standards of this is what I was going to do. But again, it, to me, it was about the journey, not the destination. Mm-hmm. Like it was about continuing to pursue a goal mm-hmm. and we want growth to be linear. 
Yeah. We want it to look like a perfect line on a chart. We want it mm-hmm. to be all up and to the right always. That's not what life is. Like mm-hmm. when we believe that lie, it throws us at this, like we, we find ourselves stumbling and frustrated and, and annoyed every single time we take a step back. Mm-hmm. Right? I think other people will paint the graph like it's, it's linear, but it has plateaus. So, you know, it's up and to the right, but for a period of time, you might be stagnant, right? You're mm-hmm. not seeing growth, but you're not rescinding. I honestly don't think that's true either. I think we're very like volatile in our growth process. You know, there's a week where I did great and then there's a step back mm-hmm. and there's a week I did great and there's two steps back. There's a, there's a month I did great and there's a month I did terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's probably more our growth pattern as yeah. people. Mm-hmm. So in the midst of when you're on the down, you know, in the midst of when you're struggling, you can't devalue what you have done. Mm-hmm. And you have to recognize this is part of the journey of becoming right. mm-hmm. is to stumble, is to fall. And mm-hmm. so I would say like, am I who I want to be with gratitude? Am I who I want to be when I hear the voice of God? No, mm-hmm. like I'm nowhere near where I want to be, but I'm better than I was. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. and I need to learn to value that more than checking the box. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? Yeah, that's super good. Mm-hmm. And I also think, Kind of with what you said with Jaina of like coming back to simple truths. Like for you, this is not something you're done with. No. Mm. Yeah. Like you can still come back because just because you did gratitude for one month, just because yeah. you did silence for one month, that doesn't mean that they're checked off and they're yeah. done for good. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like you mm-hmm. could do the same thing next month. You know, if, if you really felt like, I think this is something I really need to lean back into. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. choose what my next month is going to be until the last week of the month prior. Yeah. So I don't mm-hmm. know what April will entail. I have a big list of things that I can draw from mm-hmm. because I'm a list guy, but Mm-hmm. I don't really know where where I'm God's going to continue to lead me. Mm-hmm. But where have you found the best success? You know, after the 3 days of not doing it mm. to get back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, like to fight that feeling of of, you know, resolutions, of goals of oh, no, I failed. Yeah. To hop back into Yeah, I, I would say I don't know who originally coined the the phrase, but Simon Sinek is a a famous leadership author and he just says start with why. Mm. If you don't know why you did it, then when you get into the valley and you get into the strong, the the suffering part, the hard part, I think you're more prone to fall away. Mm-hmm. But after mm-hmm. three days of not doing it, two, three days, it's like, okay, it's really easy to just jump off the bandwagon here. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I got to go back to it. It's like, I made this decision for a reason. Like I wanted to be this person mm-hmm. and I don't want to give up on on that. And so I come back to the heart of the decision, not just the legalistic action of the decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and the truest form of it is like, my constant why as a Christian is I want to be a person who looks more like Christ and lives to glorify him with everything I do. Mm-hmm. That is my why. And that's the reason I wake up. It's the reason I make every decision. It's the yeah. reason we're doing this podcast. Like every single now that has ways it plays out in different iterations. Mm-hmm. And so formations is just one piece of that. Yeah. But I want to be more like Christ and I need to come back to that. And if it's not giving me the results I want, then I need to come back to, okay, why did I make this decision in the first place? Yeah. Mm-hmm cool that's super good i mean again all three of those probably could have been their own separate podcast but we just wanted to invite you into the journey let you know a little bit of what god was teaching us but we're excited uh for what the podcast holds in the future and what god's going to continue to do in each one of you we will see you later peace Bye. bye